Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Pekka Avot series. Today is May 14th, and it's a Sunday, so we're starting the next chapter of Pekka which is chapter 5. Um, this chapter is, starts out with a bunch of Mishnayot that have um, numbers attached to them. Ten things of this, and ten things of that, and seven of these, and seven of that, and all kinds of numbers and counts and things like that. Um, you'll see as we make our way through this week's um, chapter. The Mishnah I chose this morning is the fifth Mishnah in chapter five. Uh, I chose it on purpose because this coming Friday is going to be Yom Yerushalayim. It's a beautiful, happy, exciting day that we look forward to every year. Uh, but, you know, just to put things in perspective, um, this Mishnah will, is talking about um, some of the miracles that occurred in Beit HaMikdash. So as wonderful it is that we can visit the Kotel, and we can uh, walk uh, just about almost any place in Yerushalayim. Um, you know, still need to realize that, no, the job isn't done yet. Um, the, min, the main, um, you know, edifice that we're missing, and the main purpose of having Yerushalayim is still not there. Uh, so, you know, just keep that in mind as we're celebrating the beautiful reunification of Yerushalayim, that uh, we still have a little more work to do to Shuvot, to Ma'asim Tovim, and Tefillah in order to us to achieve the final, um, the redemption that we've all been waiting for. So the Mishnah reads as follows. There were ten miracles that occurred to our forefathers in the Beit HaMikdash. Number one, Lohipila Isha Mirech Besara Kodesh. The woman, women never miscarried from that amazing smell of the roasting meat that was burning on the altar. Number two, the meat of the korban never spoiled. Number three, there was never a fly found in the slaughtering house of the Beit HaMikdash. The Kohen Gadol never had a seminal emission on the eve of Kippur, which would have made him um, un- invalid for working on the day of Kippur. That the rains in Yerushalayim never extinguished the fire on the Mizbeach. The wind never succeeded, no matter how strong it was, in blowing the column of smoke off its its ascent into the heavens. It rose off the Mizbech in a straight column, no matter how windy it was. There was never an occurrence of some kind of impurity occurring to the Korban HaOmer on the 16th of Nisan, the Shteh which was brought on on Shavuot, or Lechem Apanim, which was done every Shabbat. They would stand in Beit HaMikdash, jammed, crowded, and when they bowed down, they had plenty of room. Neither a snake nor a scorpion damaged anybody in Yerushalayim ever. No one ever said to his friend that uh, it's very, very crowded in Yerushalayim. I won't be able to sleep overnight over here when I come for Aliyah. There's plenty of room in Yerushalayim. Nobody ever said anything other than otherwise. All right, let's get a little deeper here. So back to the first top of the page, right top of the Mizbeah. Lo Hizik. And the, uh, that the Korban... 
A woman never uh, miscarried from the smell of the delicious roasting meat. So, <clears throat> so the purpose of the korbanot was always to bring peace between Hashem and Am Yisrael. And therefore, a situation where the korban would cause some kind of damage, hash shalom, is, in, is untenable. It just didn't make it. And therefore, no matter, even if she had a craving, women would smell it, walk by. Technically, they would have given her anyway if she had wanted it bad enough, because we know that end of nefesh. Rambam is that we would actually let her taste first the juice if they had to, and if it didn't satisfy her cravings, we would actually give her from the fat of the korban, whatever was necessary to um, prevent the miscarriage of the baby. And but the, the miracle was that it never happened, and that you know that 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 uh, because the korban is as a peace offering, and uh, the relationship and strengthening the relationship between Hashem and um, Am Israel, so the miracle was that it was it was never an issue. And you can imagine what the korbanot in, in Beit Hamikdash were like, um, smell all day of that roasting of barbecue, and you know imagine on days when there's many many korbanot and holidays and things like that, and the whole city of Yerushalayim. Uh, would have a, a beautiful aroma of, uh, of cooking meat and still no issue Baruch Hashem with anybody ever miscarrying. The second miracle that we talked about was that the the korban meat didn't um, spoil. So there's a halakha that says when you bring a korban that the you know once the, the blood application is done and the rest of the korban has to be placed on the mizbech depending what kind of korban it is there's always some part uh, of the animal or all the animal depending on the korban that's going to go onto the fires of the top of the mizbech and sometimes the mizbech fires are full there's a lot of korbanot going on and uh, we have an isur in korbanot called lina where you're not allowed to leave the korban um, overnight you know past the time of the day that it was actually brought and uh, so how the, what, the, what they would do is if there was not enough room, they would bring the, um, the evarim, the parts of the animal that need to go onto the fires, and they would leave it at the top of the mizbech, as opposed to off the mizbech. And once it was on top of the mizbech, even if it wasn't on the fire directly yet, so then the isur of lina doesn't apply. And they would just, once there was room, they would toss it into the fire. It might be the next day, might be two days later, depending on how much is going on. And that was the miracle, that the, the meat sitting on the top of the mizbech even though it didn't get into the fire yet, never spoiled. Again, showing this relationship of Hashem, that He desires our relationship. He wants us to call out to Him. Open miracles uh, that, that are just, you know, against nature. Things that, that shouldn't happen were happening. Um, uh, the next one is that uh, the Kohen Gadol never had a, a seminal omission on the night of uh, Kippur waiting for the next day. We know that that's the, the holiest day of the year where the Kohen Gadol is actually going to bring kapara for all of Am Yisrael's avonot. Uh, and uh, if the Kohen was pasul, they would actually, what they did was they would appoint a uh, backup Kohen. Uh, the, from a week from before, they would you know start to set up the, uh, the Kohen, to start to practice for the Avodah, and they would set up uh, a backup Kohen in case the Kohen did have this pasul, but they did, and they, just, they set up a backup every year and uh, it never ever happened that they had to call him into into play. They never had to call him off the bench. And you know the question that when I ask if that's the truth, if now we know that it's a miracle, then why am I even bothering with the backup? What do I need somebody for if I know that this is not going to happen? That Kohen is not going to have a problem and become pasul. Um, and the answer that they bring over there, Amar Bi Avin, 
Al Shem lo tinasun et Adonai. Okay, it's because we 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 have to do how hishtadlut. Yes, it's there's a miracle that's going to happen, but I can't rely on the miracle. I have to do what I have to do in this world, and the rest is up to Hashem. I have to appoint somebody. I have to prepare him in case I ever need him, even though I know I'm never going to need him, but that's not up to me. The miracle, that's up to Hashem if he decides to do the miracle or not. I can't rely on that miracle happening. Uh, same same in any many many things in life, that I have to do what I've got to do, and uh, the rest is up to Hashem. The Hashem will take care of everything else. So the Omer is the Korban of HaOmer. That's when we're in the middle of our count right now. That we that we brought on the 16th of Nisan. And we count up until Pesach, until Shavuot. And we bring the Korban Shte'alechem. The beauty about not having a, a, a problem with either of these Korbanot is that if there was a problem, we would not be able to bring the Korban. Uh, because the obligation to cut the Korban HaOmer is an obligation on the night of the 16th of Nisan. And if that, what I cut, became pasul, actually they would not bring the Korban Omer anymore. Um, and that would be, it's it. if you didn't cut it at the right time, or you cut it and it became pasul, it's over. Same thing with Korban Shteya Lechem. If it's not brought on Shavuot, it's over. It's too late. So if they prepared the Lechem, and again, it's prepared for the Korban, um, then you know, I, I and they became pasul. The loaves became pasul, so then I wouldn't be allowed to re-prepare them on Shavuot. It's a problem, uh, and the the miracle is, the miracle is that um, they never had this issue that that the korban was brought every single year, uh, regardless uh, of the time it happened and was done. And it's a lesson for us when I have something that that is, you know, a one-time event that I must do now, and if I, if I lose it, it's over. Um, we need to be extremely careful uh, with that kind of a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah. It's called mitzvah overit. It's now or it's never. There is no makeups. Some mitzvot have makeups. Some mitzvot have no makeups. And the one that has no makeup is the one we really, really need to be specific about the time. And speaking of time, time itself has no makeup. Um, you know, the time is gone and it's gone. So my time for learning Torah. Whatever time I set aside this day is for learning Torah at that time, and if I don't do it, and I say, "Oh no, it's all right, I'll do it tomorrow," I'll, I'll, you know. So yeah, very nice. That that tomorrow, that's tomorrow's time. Today's time is gone. You know, you lost it. It's over. If you didn't do what you're supposed to do today, then really tomorrow is not a makeup. It's just another obligation. There was a separate obligation. You missed out on the first one. Um, so you know, we need to really try to emphasis on setting aside our time for Torah, not being interrupted while we're learning, not checking our email and looking at our text messages and nothing. Time for Torah for Hashem is time for Hashem. That's, that, that's Kodesh Kodashim. That's the highest level, especially now without the Beit HaMikdash. That's the time. That's my conversation with Hashem, like my tefillah, like my learning. That's me creating this relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he's desiring and we we desire I mean, we more than than he needs us we need him and if we're showing that you know that the relationship is not that important to me because my text message is more important so i think we need to redouble check our priorities a little bit sometimes you walk into the shuls and they have those you know, those cabinets on the wall for the cell phones and it's a fantastic idea it's just uh it's uh you know it's something that we can do without the cabinet. It, you know, I was like, I, I, I shouldn't need to think that I got to stick my phone in the cabinet. I think what I need to do 
is realize that even though the phone is in my pocket, I can't look at it. And that's a, it's a, you know, if someone's on the other, like uh, that's at the higher level, is having access to it and not opening it. So okay, maybe you need a little, uh, you know, a little uh, graduated baby steps. So you lock it in the cabinet in the beginning. But the best of the level to get to is to realize that this is time for us to connect with our Creator, and uh, it's time that you know that is is holy. It's a very holy time, and just everything else is blocked out because the purpose of everything else is this time that we're at right now. Okay, that the fires were never extinguished, right from the uh, from the smoke from the rains. And uh, so they bring like a, you know, sort of a metaphor between the fire and the rains and that the, the rain represents El Parnasa and the fire is the Torah, right? The Torah says, Hello Devarai, Ko Devarai Ka'esh and uh, that, the, that the Parnasa will never extinguish the Torah even though fire, right, and water are opposites and the, fire, the, wa- the water should be putting out the fire no matter how much water you're going to throw on the love that Hashem has for Am Yisrael, that will never extinguish the love. It doesn't matter. And therefore, the, the same idea with the wind, with the wind blowing the column of smoke, it's all miracles that Hashem is showing us, right? That we don't have today. Instead of that, we have a bunch of uh, Arabs on top of our holiest site, right? That, that if we try to go there, we get stoned. Uh, and if we try to, you know, to think about building over Beit HaMikdash, what they, would, what they would do to us. So we celebrate Yom Yushalayim. Absolutely, absolutely. We celebrate for what we have, but it doesn't mean that we don't cry for what, we, what we're missing. It doesn't cry that we don't feel bad, you know, for what we know should be there. These open, open miracles in the Beit HaMikdash every day that God is there for us. You know, we've been living in 2,000 years of of hester panim, you know how God's God faces hidden. Yeah, yeah. If you look around and then you, and you're paying attention, you could potentially see things that are showing you, but it's not open. You have to search for it. We're talking about a situation where everybody walking down the block, every little kid understood that God is watching Am Yisrael and God loves Am Yisrael and all God is always there. There would no there would be no such thing as an apikores. There would be no such thing as a person that has doubts. If there's a God, it's, it's in your front of your face. It's, it's indisputable. That's what we're missing. It's not the building. It's what goes on in the building. It's, it's that open relationship that we're looking for. That they would stand scrunched together and bow down in, uh, you know, with space. The Chalom uh, Vajah brings down Omdim Sufi means that they were so jammed together that their feet were lifted off the ground, that they had no room whatsoever, stuck like mid-air, almost flying. And yet when it came to their bow down, and they said the Vidui, and they heard the Vidui, and everyone was uh, on Yom Kippur, and they that portion, when they're bowing down, all of a sudden, boom, moved. They, the, the, the floor expanded. Everybody has room to bow down. Not only that, says Chavadiyah, they had uh, each person four amot to himself, so that when he's being giving vidui, his friend wouldn't hear what kind of sins he was uh, he was uh, you know confessing about. 
on, uh, open again. These kind of miracles that are just mind-boggling, right? The things that we can't imagine. And uh, notice that it doesn't say that the snake or the scorpion didn't bite anybody in Yerushalayim. It says hizik, damage. It didn't say nachash, uh, right? That uh, that uh, they didn't, uh, didn't bite. It did. It could be happened very bit, but it didn't do anything. Even though it was a poisonous snake and a poisonous scorpion. No, no. In Yerushalayim, this is Hashem's city. Nothing bad is happening here. At the time when, ben, when the Shekhinah is there, nothing is going to take care, nothing is going to interrupt the simcha and the joy and the shalom of Yerushalayim. That's what we're really missing, the shalom. Everything is worthless without shalom. Okay. Velo amar hamakom shalim Yerushalayim. That person should say, would never say that there's no room for me. Yerushalayim will have room for all of us. Bezat Hashem will all very, very soon be able to go. Aliyah regel for real. When the Beit HaMikdash is standing on the top of Hara Moriah where it belongs and Hashem is showing us daily that He is begging for us to come and connect with Him and at that point in time we're all going to come to Yerushalayim and be able to stand and to sit and to stay and to enjoy and to bring a light, mamash, the light onto the world to wake up the world. Have a wonderful day.